Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, my brother Ali? Fight Diggy, Tribe Called Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to the Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong. Hey, welcome to the Come Up Show podcast. My name is Shuttle, host and founder of the Come Up Show. And my guest today is Adria Kane. And I discovered her music looking into my iTunes in 2013. And you're going to hear in our conversation today how I felt when I first pressed play. And if you're not familiar with Adria Kane, we're going to go over the timeline of her releases of her music and what each project meant to her. And we talk about the struggle that Adria Kane went through of doing what you love and asking people to pay you for it. This is what everybody has went through if you do, you're doing what you love and you're like yo I need to be paid for this because I need to live and Adria Kane also shares how she used her art to help her with her depression and the funk that she was going through and so much more in our conversation today I'm proud to present my conversation with Adria Kane on the come up show let's go please introduce yourself Hello, hello, this is your girl, Adria Kane. Adria Kane, and this is like theme has kind of developed on its own because I've noticed since I moved to London to Toronto, people who live in the city are very particular what they represent. Yeah. Saga City, Brampton, B-Town, West Side, Downtown, or whatever. Is there any specific thing that you represent? No, I represent <laughs> myself. I don't know. I'm not, like, I'm from all over, so mm-hmm. I can't really pick a place to represent. I don't really... I don't want like I guess I don't really believe in it in a sense. Yeah. It's just like I like to move around a lot, so I'm just I'm from Toronto, I guess, for the most part. That's good. That's good. I'm you're one of the few, yeah. but you have said there's you found inspiration and you you've noticed like a lot of artistic artists come from the West Side, though. Is that yeah. true? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, only because I like, I feel like I'm a little bit biased because I lived on the West Side when I was living downtown in Toronto. So, mm-hmm. um, but there are a lot of creatives. Like most of the, I feel like a lot of behind the scenes creatives live in like the East. The ones that are, like, coming out and, like, doing things in the forefront and in your face or in the West. And, yeah, I feel like that's mm-hmm. that's a good thing for me, at least. That's a good thing for you. So that's, that's dope. So we'll start off with, like, a tweet that you did the other day or not, and I've picked it out because I've been noticing it. Is uh, You said, is, is calling people during the day a thing anymore or we don't do that? Yeah. And what I found is with all the different ways of communication from WhatsApp, texting, social media calling it seems like it's harder to get a hold of people do you find that true um definitely it's i think it's just like for me it's it's more frustrating because it's like i'd rather i'm the kind of person to rather pick up a phone and call you to like get the point across quick and then end the call as opposed to like having to sit and like type out a whole text message and i like i like to get like the message out thoroughly one time so that like you know exactly what it is that i'm trying to relay or whatever it is so in that sense, it's like it's frustrating because I know most people rely on like text messaging, or a lot of people like myself are like broke, I guess, and can't afford a phone line, so like they only rely on Wi-Fi. So like I have, I'm forced to text them unless they can find a way to call me. But I, yeah, I just think that like technology has advanced so much now that it's like people don't want to talk to each other like directly anymore. It's like let's talk over messaging, and like I'll never actually hear your voice or see you. You know, it's just like. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. And, like, I like to converse during the day. You know what I mean? Like, I'm available all the time. And it's, like, late at night when I'm ready to, like, wind down and chill out and, like, work on my music and stuff is when people want to contact me the most. And it's, like, 
that's my main focus time. So that's that's why it's frustrating for me. I guess that's why I like kind of that's where the tweet came from. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's just weird how things have transitioned from like when we had no choice but to use a house phone to now everybody's just in their phone like texting and yeah. using social. media. And the funny thing is we're so available, but we're but we're not. It's like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense really. But I mean. What can you do, right? That's how things have advanced now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I want to go through your timeline as an artist because I remember getting the Identity EP. I don't know. is an email somewhere. I don't know who sent it to me. And that's... Hmm? It was probably me. Probably you. Probably, yeah. And I remember hearing how fresh it was. I'm like, I was like so happy, so glad to be able to play good music, especially when urban music where there's so many males. Yeah. But when you hear some like great female talent, you're like... Yes. On my iTunes, there's eight tracks. Mm-hmm. On the Bandcamp, you only have five tracks. What happened there? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. I had an altercation with a producer um, that worked, that I not really even worked with. I just spoke to. At that time, I wasn't really working directly with producers. It was kind of like, uh, I'm a producer. I have beats. I'll email you them. Let me know what you think kind of thing. Or like I would get them from like other artist friends that I was working with. So I had a little bit of altercation with one producer. I'm not going to say any names, obviously. But that just kind of pushed me the wrong way and so I took those songs off and I, I no longer wanted to affiliate with that producer so that's why there's like only some of the songs on the actual band camp and people that downloaded it early probably got a chance to get the like the full project mm-hmm. so I guess it's kind of like exclusive for like the real exclusive. fans who got it like in the beginning you know yeah. what I mean but yeah that's the reason why it's like very minimal now but it's rare and the cool thing is with every project you upload on your band camp there's a description and a write-up that you include in it and over the past three uh, projects and for the identity EP said I've become advertent towards the situations that kept me away for so long. Mm-hmm. And what did you mean by that? I don't even remember, to be honest. That was so long ago. When was that, like mm-hmm. August? That was August 2013. So basically, I guess I had to like look up advertent. I Googled it, and it's, Google said inadvertent is the word, but like advertent is what I stuck to, and it's like paying attention to the situations that kept you away for so long. So was this the first official thing that you brought out as an artist yeah. and maybe you weren't out for a while like yeah, or you were afraid um, to come out or I think yeah it, I think if I'm like remembering like very I was and I was in a place when I first first started doing music I was writing uh very like metaphorically or like more subliminally I guess I wasn't really coming out with like the way that I actually felt about things so like I found a way to just kind of still stay subliminal not like too forward and too like upfront with like this is me and I'm talking about this situation I wanted to make a garden so I planted a flower as opposed to or like I instead of doing that I decided like okay let me like figure out a way to um, let out my emotion in a way that people can like connect with it musically you know what I mean? I started thinking of like real situations and real scenarios that I've actually gone through and started um, figuring out ways to write that out um, and then adding the emotion to it because I've connected with the situation I know what it's what it feels like to go through it so mm-hmm. um, I think that's when I first started doing that is on that project that was mm-hmm. like the first real body of work that I really like yeah so. and it's always interesting because as you develop as an artist maybe over time you become confident at very like bearing your soul so that was like the first time you tried to do that and was there a little bit of like being hesitant or kind of afraid of like oh how are people going to take this thing um I think so. I think maybe like a little bit in the beginning, but um, after a while, I was kind of like, you know, what? like I feel like everybody goes through these things. You know what I mean? So like, eventually, like, or I'm, I'm always gonna have those fans that come to me and say like, 
yo, like, you went through that, like, that's crazy, or I'm going to have the ones that come to me and say, like, yo, I know exactly what you went through, which is what I get for the most part. And that's, I think that's what allowed me to open up more because I realized that, like, it's always the ones that relate the most that are going to approach me and, like, thank me or let me know that, like, they're happy to know that they're not the only ones dealing with these things. Yeah, so. and that's what purpose of art is. Exactly. It feels good to that's, get that. That's At least that's my purpose. I want to make sure that my music stays as real as possible, regardless of anything. I think I'm now I'm at a point where, like, I'm really, like, I'm ready to just, like, let out the real. I don't care. At that point, I was kind of just feeling it out to see, like, where it would get me. Like, if anybody is really listening, if anybody's really going through these things. So, mm-hmm. now that I know, it's like, okay, I'm ready to, like, really talk about some real issues and situations. So And we'll get to that. So, that was the Identity EP, August 2013, and then June 2015, basically a year ago, Island in My Mind. And in the description of that album, you said there's so many things to be said to go along with this album. Yeah. And you just left it. You said, for now, take in the music. What do you want to say that you haven't said maybe in an interview or continuing on from that project? Um, identity was more so like, okay, I want to like test the waters and see how real I can get. And then once I figured it out, then I was like, okay, um, let's take like a trip back to my past with Island in my mind mm-hmm. and like reiterate situations that I went through that I can, re- as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I called it Island in my mind because it's like a place in my mind that like has past memories that like are things that I've gone through that I remember I want to like try to explain them kind of vividly and tell a story so you can hear it in like the skits and the transitions to each song you can hear like things going on it's like sounds and and actions that I remember that go into the the purpose of the song so um, I think that's what I was going for with Island of My Mind. Yeah, the, because, you know, sometimes, like, you don't want to maybe, like, make it, like, a very long description in your album where you're, like, you know, taking the music and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. And you obviously try to get, a, as an artist, you try to get as much as you can through the music, but maybe sometimes you can't get everything out in the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll go to uh, Reverse Psychology, mm-hmm. and that's in March 2016 of this year. And for that, it was just nothing is what it seems that's all you said exactly yeah so it's like i guess with everything that i was doing people kind of took or got their own perspective of me and i was like but that's not what it is though you know what i mean so like i wanted to remind people that like anytime you look at something directly if you don't know the person if you don't know the situation it's not exactly how you may think it is um so i kind of flipped everything around and like gave them that in reverse psychology and i showed them like kind of like three different topics and three sides of like um, situations that you can go through. So like in the beginning, it's like I'm struggling. You know what I mean? Like this is actually what I'm going through. So it's like, yeah, I'm talking about struggling and overcoming and how I'm going to get through these things. But like it actually feels like this with Kingdom. And then um, with colors, it was like and there's all these issues going on with like race and like people are, you know, they have the Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. I'm the kind of person that celebrates people of color and like that kind of stuff. So I did it kind of like in a love way, like where like if I see somebody of color, I'm like, oh, but... You know, something about you that's, like, different from, like, the, the the normal or the basic, you know what I mean? I feel like that is more, in my opinion, is attractive than the basic. And then um, with Don, it was, like, ex- uh, speaking of, like, a real experience in a relationship as opposed to, like, oh, I'm heartbroken or, or, like, I'm in love with you. Like, it's, like, this is how it actually feels. So, like, the beginning is, like... I'm coming out of something so rotten and like I'm seeing you and I'm like in a very messed up situation because I came out of something so rotten and I don't know if I can trust it but then it turned into something so beautiful in the end so that's how that's how Don goes so that's again it's like everything is kind of like nothing is what it seems so colors 
for example, like people probably think it's just like a, simply just a song of me seeing somebody and I'm attracted to them, but it has so much more to do with something else. So that people will perceive it in a different way. Dawn is like it starts off one way, and then it goes into something else, and then Kingdom same thing. I mean, so the beat switches up and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's basically the premise of where I was going with that project. Mm-hmm. And when the f- project first came out, it was it was only three tracks, and I was wondering like why it was only three tracks. Was it simply because of how people consume music nowadays? Maybe they won't listen to albums, and maybe you want to spread it over, or is just those three things that's all you wanted to get out? Um, I think because I released an album before. Yeah. Um, I'm always like constantly creating things. Like I have like visuals in my mind for days when it comes to the way that I make music. I mean, it's never just like let me sit down and write a song today. It's always like I imagine a whole like almost like a film, and then I'll like write it out on paper and then like sing out the emotion, the way that I felt towards what I wrote. When I did Reverse Psychology, um, it was like I was working on an album which I've been working on for a while, like another album, because I realized that I like putting together like full bodies of work as opposed to like small like just EPs. But I was like, I know people are, like, dying to hear more music. So I was like, let me take, like, the top three songs that I have right now and just put them out. Like, the songs that I don't really, like, not that I don't care about, but, like, songs that I know will, like, resonate with people right now long enough for them to hold on to that so that I can have time to work on something else. And that's, I made that my plan now. So, like, whenever I release something and it starts to die down, I'm just going to release another small thing until the big thing's done. And then when the big thing's done, then I can, like... I, I usually put it out without saying anything. <laughs> like, I usually just kind of drop it, like pull a Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but it'll come out in, like, a major way. Like, I'll get, like, a big blog or someone to, like, help me premiere it or something like that. So that's the plan that I've kind of made for myself and I'm going with. So that's the reason why I released Reverse Psychology, just to kind of give people something to hold on. Like, hold that. Exactly, exactly. Like, stop bothering me, you know what I mean? Like, take that, there's that. Because you know I mean? people become impatient it, and... Uh, it's, like, so impatient. Like, And it's, like, I feel like they don't understand, like, the process. They think that you're a machine, basically. Right, like, I just can spit out music. Like, as soon as you say, like, where's the, next, where's the new music? I'm just going to give it to you right there. Like, yeah. you know, it takes time and, like, Definitely. energy and, like, emo- like everything. Like, everything in you it takes. If you're a real artist that's genuine about yeah. your art, like, it takes a lot of time to put out, like, a good genuine body of work so I, as you said it with your release strategy it's been like a Beyonce and uh, that's what you've been doing is, is that something you're going to continue to do because it's pretty difficult to do that for an independent artist yeah right? definitely I just I wanted to be like the difference like for the most part like I built a name for myself like on my own like I never I didn't start off with any major blogs putting any of my things out I just started releasing things on my own like identity Identity. I even I had another album before that it was Love Kane. It was like a small EP that I like literally recorded on my laptop. Did all the graphics, everything by myself from what I remembered from when I was in school like years ago, and just like put it out. And some people heard it, some people didn't. And then I released Identity after that, and my name started to like grow more in the city. And then it was like every time I put out more music on my own, it's like people would just like like gravitate towards it and I just started like pushing it it was even to a point where I would print off my own flyers just like off of a home printer with as much colored ink as I could get I just go around the city and just like post them on walls people would take them down but like I would just po- I would post them every day like literally me and my manager at the time would walk around and just post them everywhere we could just to build awareness and then eventually people just started hearing it and like understanding the talent behind it I guess and and just liking it I don't really know like how people feel like when they hear it for the first time whatever but I did that on my own. I didn't use any platform. The only platform that I've ever had is Reverse Psychology when they got Fader to, my manager now got Fader to help me release the single. That's the first, like, major platform that helped me get that out. That's what made me, like, realize, you know what, like, I'd I'd rather do this on my own than rely on someone big to help me get to where I'm trying to go. Like, I just, I don't really believe in that. And I also don't believe in, like, 
talking too much about what I'm doing, like promoting, like, oh, I got an album coming out in like July and it's like January. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel that's necessary. You know what I mean? Like, and it takes away from the uniqueness, I guess, of it. It's, it's like, eye. yeah, like, you know, like, just like the like the anxiousness, like you know what I mean. Like like no one's anxious anymore when they know that something's coming out. I don't know. Yeah. I just I feel like when they exactly. when it's when they find out like a week or like a day before, it's like they're like, oh, what is this? Like how come I didn't know about it? And then they go searching. At least for me, like I know when I find out something on the day, I'm like, how long has this been out? And then I'll go f- to find out like what it is that they're talking about. And I'm like, yo, this has been out for like weeks. And then I want to be the one to know about it first before anybody else. You know what I mean? So, I think the word is organic. Yeah. Uh, it's an organic build. You're doing everything organically. And as fans, we usually do like discovering things organically when we find it on our own rather when it's like forcefully pushed we don't like that and then we're like oh what is this and then you want to share it right yeah yeah like even like kind of coming up so even i'm still coming up slowly like um before when i was like still not really known Mm -hmm. um i would do a lot of shows a lot of people would be like what's your social media whatever but in my mind i'm like when i go to a show to watch somebody if i really like them i'm going to listen to what their name is first of all because one either there's a host that's going to introduce them or they're going to say like if you don't know me my name is so and so like most of the time their focus is performing not like oh and by the way my social media is twitter and it's at adrian kane and i have instagram and it's at adrian like it's just it just it feels so like unnatural to do all that but it's like for me if i were to go to a show and hear an artist i'm not gonna ask for that i'm just gonna be like i that was a talented artist i really like what they did i remember that the host said their name was this and i'm gonna go home on my own as a fan now and like search up everything i need to know about that person like if i really want to know i'm gonna do it but like everyone's in this lazy mindset now where like they want people to give them everything so that they don't have to search for it like there's some people that mm-hmm. are some people that aren't like that and some people that I get that all the time where I'm at a show and they're like, Oh, what's your social media? Like or the people that are running the show will tell me to tell them, like while I'm on stage. And it's just it, for me, I don't know, for me it's like annoying when I get that. It's just like mm-hmm. don't tell me that like don't tell me to tell my social media to the audience. Like if they wanna know, they'll find me, you know what I mean? And that's usually how it goes. Like you, you now know? when I do shows, yeah. like when I go home, I see I have like twenty followers because these people saw me perform just now, they heard my name and they went home and they searched it and they found me, you know. So yeah. and it's it's not hard to find me if you really look. Like I'm right there. As soon as you yeah. Google my name, everything three most important platforms that I'm on come up first. So it's funny because there's this two sides where nowadays it's all about marketing and social media, get your stuff out there. But also the other side is let it figure it out for themselves. Make it like a like a search, like a discovery, yeah. how you discovered music. How it was before. Because yeah. it's the same thing we were talking about with how social media has and like just technology has taken over everything to the point where people think it's so important now. And it's like, but we didn't have this before. Mm-hmm. And all of these artists, like all of the big major artists that are like, just like classic like original artists that are like actually like major and doing something and like have done something in the past and now like like the Lauren Hills and the Jay-Z's like they all did that on their own there was no social media like I feel like that's the most organic way to do things as opposed to like okay I need a Twitter so that when I release yeah. the album I have to put it up so everybody knows that it's out like that you know what that I, I, way of like promoting yeah. things is super annoying for me but I say if it's annoying to you, don't do it. I think I, I, I think that me, also. But works. my management and everybody yeah. else seems to disagree with me, so <laughs> I have to yeah. like. I feel or, like I have to. I'm or, obligated. Or if there's a certain f- platform like you like f- pictures or photos, as an example, maybe yeah. there's like Instagram could be your thing, or one specific thing can be your thing where you have everything else, but like there's that one thing that you like doing. Yeah, definitely. Right? And it's also easier to just have the one thing because then you don't have yeah. so many platforms to like take care of you know what exactly. I mean and remember like this half of the time I have a Facebook that I don't even remember half the time and and people I go on there and I have like 75 messages from months ago that I didn't know were there because yeah. I don't use my Facebook you know so 
It's just Facebook's huge, but it's dying anyway. So it's yeah. not cool anymore. In my opinion, I don't know if anybody else uses it, but I think that Facebook needs to just die already. Yeah. So in the in the song, so you called like was it Kane Soul Kane like Kane Thumb? So oh, the, the genre I call it Kane Soul. Kane Soul. So Kane Thumb in the song that you say in the this is on what we're talking about reverse psychology. I don't want a job. I'm tired of living broke, trying to chase this dream, but I love this shit. I want you to tell me about that journey of that struggle of loving what you do and you putting your soul into it, but maybe the dollars don't equate to the effort that you put into it. And then, but like, you can't imagine yourself being a, an assistant manager at a store or something like that. Yeah, no, I've like done it all. Like, I've worked so many different places, mainly in retail, for like my whole life since I was like 16. And I just, when I started really doing music seriously, like, I remember my last job that I had, um, I was working at Lids, the hat store, and I was working there for four years, and I was basically, like, assistant manager. I was running the store by myself sometimes, like, opening and closing, and I remember I would just go into work, and, like, this is when my music career really started to, like, take off, um, and, like, I was just, like, I felt like, I literally felt like I was dying. Like, there was a part of me that was just, like, like you can't breathe. why am I here? Yeah, like, literally, like, I felt like I was suffocating, and, like, there was times when I literally just wanted to, like, just leave the store, <laughs> just, like, drop everything, like, don't even lock it, just, like, walk out and just, like, don't come back. But I knew, logically, I couldn't do that. So I was, like, I literally one day, when I knew that I wasn't opening, I just didn't show up for work. And my manager, she already knew because I, I spoke to her about it numerous times, and she just sent me a message, and she's like, listen, I know that you're probably quitting, so she's like, just, she's like, just do me a favor and just, like, give in your three weeks notice so I can make it seem like you handed it in so that you don't get messed over by, like, the management or whatever. Um, but yeah, after that, um, I just went straight like into just being an artist full time, and it was like the most difficult thing, like, because you don't have any money now at this point, so you can't invest in yourself really, and like you're kind of just relying on like people that hopefully believe in you enough to like help you, like do things for free, like studio time and like uh, photo shoots and that kind of stuff. But like in this city, I feel like nobody's in the mentality of actually like working together, as opposed to like oh, if you pay me, I'll do this for you. You know what I mean? So I feel like everyone's just money, money, money now. So it was very difficult for me to, like, get anything done because everybody was expecting me to pay them. Or, like, nobody would take me seriously because, let's say I had a studio session booked with someone. If somebody else came in and offered them money, they would run to them because they offered them money as opposed to, like, just staying with me and building and growing with me to get somewhere. So Mm -hmm. that was very, like, demotivating for me and, like, discouraging because then I'm just like, but I really want to do this, but I I just need you to, like, you know take the time to, like, build with me so that we can both, like, flourish together and, like, make as much money as you want to make, but, like, together, you know what I mean? Like, so nobody was really in that mentality, so that was difficult for me. So then I started looking for jobs, like, just little jobs that I could be flexible with my career and work, and that did not work out. Like, I would get, like, temporary seasonal jobs that were barely paying me anything, and then I had, like like phone bills and rent to pay so I basically had no money and then because I was working I had no time to make music so it was just like it came to a point where like I literally had to start being like everybody in the city and like expecting money so anytime anybody asked me for a show there was no more favors I was like you have to pay me and like anytime and like it just turned into a thing where I didn't feel like I was doing it for genuine reasons anymore because of work I think now I'm in a better place where I'm like okay I understand like where certain people are at Um, If certain people come at me in a certain way and say, can you do this show for me? I'm probably going to charge them, depending on my relationship with them in the past or whatever the case may be. But if I have, like, genuine people that I know that are in the same place as me, I'll be more than willing to do whatever it is they want me to do, like, free of charge. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's all got to be what purpose it is for. You know, a promoter is obviously maybe making show, but if it's something yeah. some for cancer or whatever, then it's all case by case basis. Yeah, 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 that's that's always. I think that's a struggle for everybody. Like yeah. that that struggle of you know, uh, I had a produ- Yogi, the producer here two weeks ago, and he's like, "Yo, I'm like I'm doing beats for everybody, but it's still sometimes at the end of the month, I'm like, how am I paying my rent this month? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how I was too. Yeah. At one point, I was doing a lot of shows for free, and I was just like, but. I, this is all I have. Like this is basically my job now. I'm basically working for people for free. Like that. If I was working a real job, that wouldn't be the case. That would be like basically like free labor, which is not. I don't even think that's even legal to work. No, it isn't. It's yeah, it's not legal. Yeah. No. So, so I was just like, I don't know. There's something about this doesn't feel right. Like I feel like I should be proud. And then I started paying t- that almost too much attention to people that were doing basically the same thing I was doing, but getting paid for it. And I was like, well, you know what? Like, fuck this. Maybe I should. Maybe I should be doing the same. You know what I mean? Maybe I should ask for certain compensation whenever I do things. But then people will kind of look at me sideways or just not respond. And then I was like, okay, so maybe I shouldn't ask for. It. Like, it was it was a very confusing thing. Like, I was I was dealing with a lot. And now I feel like now it's a little bit better because now I'm starting to progress and like get better at what I do. And people yeah. are starting to see the value in it. So when I ask for money, they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Like, yeah, sure. it's almost like they're afraid of losing me when I say no now. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about that because that's really interesting for us as creatives when we love what we do so much that we would literally do it for free but we can't because we got to live and then having I guess the trying to have the courage and the confidence to say I want money that's is, is that what you were going through yeah. where you would you're obviously love what you do you do for free but you need money and yeah. you're like uh, it's kind of awkward I feel like literally the only reason why I ask for money is because I it's all like that's the only place I'm making money and I have to live it and I live on my own you know what I mean like I just recently moved back to my grandparents' house because it was so hard like to live on my own just doing music. Before I was I was living in my own place so I have to like pay rent somehow. I don't have basically any money to my name. It's like the heart inside of me wanted to say like yeah, I'll do the show, it's fine. Like don't worry about paying me, but like knowing that I have to pay rent like it's just like I need like I need to ask you for it. You yeah, know what I mean? And like I'm the kind of person I'm very genuine, I'm very generous. I don't like to ask for things like from anybody. I'd rather figure out a way to like hustle and get it myself. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't always work out, you know? So yeah. if somebody offers me a show that I could potentially get paid, I'm like I'm a- I have to ask for it. So mm-hmm. I can literally that's the only thing that I need yeah. money for is to yeah. pay my life like <laughs> yeah. so that I can live enough to make the music that they want, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And also to reinvest in my music so that I can continue giving them what they want because otherwise I can't really do much you know what I mean I think asking for money for shows should be the least thing that you feel guilty about because if the promoter is charging 10 to 15 to 20 bucks and And it's not for charity or whatever then you shouldn't feel guilty about that maybe the situation is when a young artist who's just starting out wants you on a feature or wants a beat from you then that's something different compared to a promoter who's making dollars at the end of the night right? Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and there's a lot of promoters in the city that will like hit me up and be like, yo, um, can you do the show for me, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, I can see the flyer and everything already. Like, they're like, oh, we're going to be charging 15 at the door or 20 at the door. And this is how it is. And we're expecting a big turnout. But we can't pay you. I'm like, how? How can you not pay me? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand. So where is that money going at the end of the night? I understand, like, most people have to pay, like, the venue or, like, DJ and stuff like that. But if they're going to, I feel like if they're doing these things, like, planning events, that should be something that they have. Yeah situated before they even reach out to the artist if you can't afford to pay an artist and don't mm-hmm. reach out that's it's that simple you know definitely. what i mean yeah, just stop so, stop dealing yeah, with those promoters yeah. so art is therapeutic that's something definitely i've uh you know noticed that as talking to artists and you went through a little phase of like depression and anxiety and you used art to cope 
through that phase. Tell, tell me about that. Especially nowadays where mental health awareness is becoming much more prevalent and like, you know, corporations are getting behind it in terms of like promoting it or whatever, but it's something that still a lot of people don't talk about. A lot of people are ashamed. A lot of people isolate themselves and it, it goes into a negative cycle. So I'd like you to tell me about that. This is like a long, 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 long process that I didn't even realize I was going through until after the fact, which a lot of people also deal with. Yeah. But um, I think it was like when I moved down to Toronto. So mm-hmm. I've been down here now for about six, seven years. Yeah. So where are you from? Your suburbia? From, you say yeah. that in your tracks. From, so from yeah. I moved from Burlington originally. And I, like I said, when I was a child, like from born, like growing up to like high school, I moved all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then my grandparents have always lived in Burlington since they moved to Canada from Trinidad. So... Mm-hmm. I was living with them before I moved to Toronto. So when I moved from there here, I literally just like kind of took a leap. I was not ready at all. Like I was working part time at Falucker, which is like you get like one shift every two weeks. <laughs> like so that was not enough to pay rent. And I was living in a little bachelor apartment that was like a ridiculous amount. But I was like, I'm going to figure out how to wait like to pay. So I was doing like messed up things like stealing from my grandma, like just like I don't know, like just doing like a lot of things that I should not have been doing just to like make money to pay my rent every month. I like just started connecting with a lot of people in the city, like a lot of artists that I was speaking to online when I was in Burlington, like from the city. And just like one by one, they all started to kind of like show me the real side of them. And it was like everybody was kind of two faced and fake, like in terms of like the artists from here, except for like maybe like one or two artists, which I continue to uh, communicate with today. Who are the two artists that are you communicate with today who are real? Who are your people that you like to give a shout out to? Come on. I mean, one of them is. is uh, is uh, my home, my homegirl P. She goes by Layla Day now. The other one was Spec One. I haven't spoken to him in a while though. Like both of them, I think are like the do- two of the dopest artists in this city. Mm-hmm. That those are the only two like honestly that I can really remember from day one. Like yeah. when I first came down, I did this one showcase. Uh, it was like One Love To I think did like a Japan thing. Mm-hmm. They had Shy Wisdom as the headliner. I remember I performed. And it's like everybody knew who I was based off of like my face off of Facebook. This is when Facebook was like, the sh- yeah, I was on there like every day. I was always putting out music and people were always commenting on it. And then when I came out to Toronto to actually show my face now and perform live, it's like everybody acted like they didn't know me except for Spec One and, and, and P or Layla. Ever since then, I was I kind of just like brushed it behind me and like tried to ignore that and tried to like make um, like make amends and like become friends with them anyways but it was just like they all kind of shut me down and everybody was also like really clicky like they're oh, yeah. like there was like different groups of like artists so there was like the groups over here that were just like certain types of like the r&b and like soul uh artists were over here and then like the trap artists were like over here like they were all like segregated it was like being in high school but like in the real world i started to kind of like observe and I started to realize, like, you know, the only two artists that are really writing for me were the two that I mentioned. Like, I I speak to them all the time. They're, like, really dope. Like, you know what I mean? They're always willing to work together. And I, I haven't really done that with anybody else. But I started to back away a little bit and just kind of, like, stay by myself, but still observe and, like, know what's going on in the music industry in the city. So that was kind of, again, discouraging because I was like, nothing was what I thought it was going to be. Like, I was excited to come to Toronto. Now I'm here. And it's like the music world is not what I wanted it to be. So that kind of put me into a world where I was like, okay, I have to focus on my own things, but let me see if I can find artists that are like myself that are kind of doing their own thing and I'll collaborate with them. So then I would meet up with them, but then they were all on like this like pedestal, like nobody can touch them, nobody can come near them. Like I'm doing my own thing. Like, yeah, you're dope, but I don't really want to work with you like that. You know what I mean? It's like I kind of want to stay by myself. So I was like, okay. So again, I just stayed on my own. That was again discouraging. And then I started connecting with a lot of different producers and they were like just kind of either trying to like dictate and tell me how I should be as an artist or like run the way that I should 
like sound or whatever and I was just not about that life I was like but I wanted to work with you like I like your production I feel like it fits my sound now I didn't want you to I didn't expect you to come in and change me so then that again discouraged me brought me down a little bit more to the point where I just didn't want to work with anybody and then I'd always go back and I'm like yo there's so many people that I worked with and so many opportunities I could have had and none of them happened and it's like so weird to me and then I would connect with a lot of people with like from Manifesto like from just all the different, like, things in the city I've been a part of in some way. Like, I've been there, but they were all, like, yeah, you're good, but... It was always, like, a, yeah, you're good, but... And I was just, like, what is it about me that you don't want, but you want this artist? You know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. Like, I just didn't understand. So then I got, like, extremely discouraged, and I just kind of said, like, fuck everybody. Like, I just... I don't want to work. I was at a point where I didn't want to work with anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to kind of be by myself. There was, like, maybe, like, one or two artists like that I met up with that were cool that I would do like a collaboration with if I decided to but other than that I was like on a wave where I just kind of wanted to work by myself so that was like annoying for me like as an artist who who came down here with the motive to like pursue a career and work with all these different artists and producers and just anyone I'd like nobody seemed like they were about that life and I was like that's messed up then I got into like a relationship it was like being in jail for three years like and then like it was like I'd I, I went in, and it was like a black hole. And then as soon as I came out, it was literally like being in jail. Because imagine going to jail. You don't know what the hell's going on in the world. And then you come out, and it's like everything is advanced. It was like I came out, and I was like, what? I was like, this is what life is like. like and then I realized coming out, how I used to be before I moved to Toronto, I was like super happy all the time. I was always laughing. Like my nickname was was Smile Star. That was what everybody knew me as when I first came out here. Say, say it again. Smile Star. Smile Star. Yeah, that's what like everybody. South and Smile Star. Do you, do you remember those two rappers? I guess, I guess, yeah, I do remember the Asian guy and the Asian black. Guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everybody used to call me that because I was always smiling, and then everybody thought I was always going to be a star because I was either singing or playing basketball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I was just I was just a very happy. Like, kid, like, I was just always happy about everything regardless of anything. And then I just, I turned bitter. Like, it's like, I was always just, like, screw-faced now. Like, I basically just, like, turned into a completely different person and then allowed myself to get into a toxic relationship and didn't even realize it until I came out because I was, like, fighting for that for three years and there was no good years in that relationship at all. When I came out and I realized everything that I missed out on, that made me even more, like, depressed. depressed. And I was like, wow, like, I feel like I failed, like, on everything that I had came out to accomplish. Like, it just did not work for me, and I don't know why. I don't have the answers to, like, why I ended up here. I have my family, like, I'm very rocky with them, so it's like, it wasn't even like I could go to them and talk to them about it because they were the kind of people that would blame me for, like, my mistakes and be like, oh, you're the one who put yourself in this situation because you decided to move out and you did this and you did that, so... I just felt like I had no one to go to. So I, like, I, I fell for a bit, and I just kind of, like, locked myself off and just didn't talk to anybody for a while. And when I, even now when I do, like, a lot of people sometimes I'll, like, even, like, if I'm talking to you in public, like, you might notice I'm very, like, shy or, like, standoffish. It's just because I don't know how to communicate with people because I, I got lost for so long. So, like, mm-hmm. now talking to people, it's, like, it's weird for me. You know what I mean? And it's even to a point where, like, if I, if, like, I'm around somebody that has reassured me numerous times, like, you're safe here, like, I just, I don't believe it because I've been through, like, or experienced so many people that have, like, just been two-faced or, like, just rude to me. So I'm just, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're you're being real with me, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't like it. So if I get uncomfortable, I'll probably leave. I'm, like, just now getting over, like, this depression thing. I moved back to Burlington just to get... I needed to get out of the city. I was like, yeah, I'm over Toronto now. I'm, like, ready to, like, move to, like, U.S. and just, like, start a new life. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I know I can't do that right now because I'm still broke, so... <laughs> 
it's not possible for me right now. I'm literally like I moved back to Burlington, which is kind of like being in like a forest, and it, it makes me appreciate being away from everything. nature. Has a huge yeah, effect. Yeah, right? it really yeah. does, and I didn't yeah. I didn't appreciate it when I was there, but now I'm just like I I come outside sometimes and it's boring as hell and there's nothing going on, but I'm like I'd rather this any day than coming out and like there's noise and just like fake people all over the place yeah. like I'd rather just be secluded and like not any, like have no one around and I've actually gotten a lot more work done too like being down there so no yeah and I'm like I'm opening up musically in ways that I've never opened up before and I'm figuring things out and I'm my voice is advancing because I'm like forcing myself to do things without the opinion of others I've only been there for two months also and it's, it's helped me so much in those two months so yeah thank you for sharing that uh, tell me about the next thing that you're working on you said you came up with a concept when flowers bloom for yeah. the next record um I didn't even know you knew that I thought that was like a secret like you know thing that nobody knows about <laughs> but um, all my branding oh like I noticed it has like plants and stuff on it but they're all like you know like small plants or like plants that were torn out of something or growing out of something and I was like I wanted to do something that like kind of comes off of that so I was like my next project is gonna be like okay now I'm growing like I've grown so much to the point where like my flowers are starting the garden that I built is basically starting to grow as fuck now so now I want to like I want to showcase that I want to really like let my talent out and show people what I am actually capable of Mm -hmm. as opposed because I get like a lot of like mixed critique when people like tell me what they think about my music Mm -hmm. it's like it's good but like you know if it had this it would be better and I agree because I'm always like but if I, if I had this, or if I knew how to do this, or if I had access to this, then it would have been so much better. But I never had that. So mm-hmm. now I want to figure out ways to get it so that I can make it that. So that's the whole premise of the project. I don't want to say too much, but uh, for the most part. And then it's going to talk about my journey also from like where I started and where I'm at now. I appreciate your time. What else did you want to say to the people who are listening to this conversation, your, your supporters, your friends, and the people who don't know you? Anybody that's just been supporting me, like, since day one, that's really shown me, like, yo, I see you, and, like, I really think that you can go somewhere. Like, I appreciate, those are the people that keep me going the most, like, so I really appreciate those people, and I just want to say thank you, I guess, to them for, like, keeping me alive, in a sense. I guess, like, people that are just getting to know me, like, especially if they're artists, like, just be yourself and, like, ignore everything else. (laughs) That's basically all I can really say. And, yeah. and this is where this is not a show uh, this is not a live performance so you can promote your social media here <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I'm on uh, Instagram and Tumblr those are my two main platforms that I'm on for the most part so mm-hmm. uh, my Instagram is AJ Kane my Tumblr is on my Instagram so you can find me there <laughs> it's in my Instagram description it's mm-hmm. just adriakane.tumblr.com thank you for your time thank you very much for having me I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Adria Kane. And if you're new to the Come Up Show podcast, and if you haven't already, please subscribe. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio for a brand new conversation each and every Wednesday on the Come Up Show podcast. Thank you for listening. My name's Chetto. Peace. (laughs) 